The following podcast is a W2M Network original production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Wrestling to the Max wishes you a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Ladies and gentlemen, the Undisputed Era has arrived. You have the 25 days of Christmas. Impact's going to have the 25 days of releases. I send it you to deletions! Yeah! It's, uh, it's hashtag alpha versus omega. Let's just say hashtag aroused. <laughs> no, you're going to step in that ring, and you're going to be looking at me eye to eye, and you're going to realize you ain't got a chance. Thank God we don't have to talk about it anymore. Because she got that cancer out of there. Sean stole my answer. I'm just glad we don't have to talk about this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and that's not an insult. That is just a fact of life. Santa? Oh, sorry. So I think we could take the top rope and just do away with it all together. You hear me on that? Let's talk about celebrating. Like we can. I'm in love. I'm in love, and I don't care who knows it. Pran, we're kind of in the middle of something right now. I didn't know you had elves working here. You're hilarious, my friend. He he doesn't know. He thinks he's an elf. Does Santa know you left the workshop? You know, we're all laughing our heads off. Did you have to borrow a reindeer to get down here? Jack, I get more action in one week than you've had in your entire lifetime. I have houses in L.A., Paris, and Vail. Ooh. All with 70-inch plasma screens. <gasps> so I suggest you wipe that stupid smile off your face before I come over there and smack it off. Are you feeling strong, my friend? Call me out. One more time. Ooh, he's kind of an angry little elf. Oh no. Ladies and gentlemen, wrestling to the max. And your host, Gary Vaughn, Sean Garmer, and Paul Deezer. Ho, 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 and welcome to Wrestling to the Max, episode 278, and we are coming down your chimney once again for another great episode. We are ready for part two, and this is going to be really exciting because we are jumping into lots of great topics. We're getting into some more news about Vince McMahon and this football league stuff. We'll be talking about some other interesting things when it comes to new additions to WB, possibly in the future, and of course, some other big wrestling news. Don't forget also, we'll be talking Final Battle 
rolling this episode. That's right. We didn't do it on Tuesday's show. We're doing it tonight, and I'm really looking forward to that. And we're getting into it. Superstar of the week, of course. So we'll have lots of different things for you guys tonight. All exciting and one nice gift package. We are ready for this thing, though, guys. It is the holiday season. I am super thrilled about being here with these guys. I, of course, I am your host, Gary Vaughn, and along with me is Mr. Sean Garmer. What's up, everybody? And Mr. Paul Leeser. Hey, guys. I mean, things are going crazy. I know my work schedule is going nuts. I know you guys have had to deal with the holidays and all the different things, the hustle and bustle and everything that's been going on. But, you know, it's nice. And, you know, we're... we're uh, you know, really probably going to have some interesting things coming up this new year. Uh, but we're ending it with a fun holiday season. So, uh, Sean, what you got going this year for Christmas? you have any big plans? I assume we're going to do what they always do, which is my grandpa, which I can actually participate in because every other year it's been – I have to work sometime on Christmas Eve because you have Christmas Day off. Uh, so I usually never get to go, but they'll do the, you know, Latino thing where you stay up till, well, it's not just Latino thing, but they do it. Every other Latino family I've been around, my step family and all that, they did it the same way. You stay all the way up until the 24th. I open the gifts. Technically, it's still Christmas morning. I don't know why they call it the 24th if you're still opening the gifts up on the 25th. It's so weird. Like, just say that you still celebrate it on Christmas Day. <laughs> you know? <laughs> uh, but, like, it's just you want to be different so bad sometimes. So it's like, uh, yeah, they open up the gifts you get there. And then, of course, you do – we'll do Christmas Day whenever Anaya wakes up. And I'm excited for her to see all the – fun gifts that you know she actually got almost everything she asked for this year except we're not buying her a puppy because the way she <laughs> treats poor bambino i don't want other i can't for one you know we don't need two dogs peeing all over the house and this dog is old and territorial i don't want to know what happens to that puppy when i'm not around so uh yeah so you know but everything else, Barbie Dreamhouse and all that, she can be happy that to to have her eyes wide open on on Christmas, and that, that's gonna be such an awesome time to get to see that and and have fun. And it, it's all about them when you know, as soon as they get to that age where they know it's Christmas and they get to wake you up and and get excited and everything, and you get to remember how old you are now. So yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? I feel my age every year because then I start noticing it's it's more about you know getting all those gifts for my daughter and making sure that she's excited on Christmas morning. And uh, do I even get anything? I don't know. I really don't yeah, care. Well, that's the same way I am. I'm just like I don't really care if I think my mom's gift to me is new glasses, which technically I I do need them. It's been like two years, so. I'm happy for that because my glasses are like falling apart. And it's so weird. Like when I was in high school with my dad, I would have never imagined being like this right now. We're like, I don't care if I don't get anything. As mm-hmm. long as she gets everything, that's all I care about. So weird, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. 
Very, very strange. That's part of growing up, I guess. Gosh darn it. Oh, man. But, uh, yeah, Paul, what's going on in your world during Christmas? Uh, I, I don't really get a choice. I have to face my age every year around this time because I get older. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yep. Big three zero this year on Monday, so uh, I get to be an old man now. Hey. Yep. Yeah. It's and really all downhill from then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Poor Paul in the 30s now. Oh, joining the club. Life's over, right? It's It's done. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much what I think. Thirty is the new sixty. <laughs> <laughs> Just go ahead and start pulling that hair out right now, Paul. Just yeah. go ahead and do it now. Well, so. you know, at least you guys will still have hair. I'm yeah, I'm going bald by the second. So, <laughs> that's oh why boy, I keep letting mine grow out because I know it's all going to be gone someday. So you just got to appreciate it while you have it. That's right. <laughs> do you have that? Do you have that gene, Gary, or are you the? Lucky oh one that gets man! To keep your hair? No, well, you know? I get to keep a little bit of my hair. Uh, you know, it's kind of funny because I do have friends like, hey, you know, the back there in the back's not as thick as it used to be, huh? So, yeah, <laughs> you know, it, it's thinned out a little bit, to be honest with you. Um, you know, so it's it's not perfect. Uh, I got my grandfather on my mom's side, his hair, because uh, he thinned out, but he never really lost it all. So, yeah. You know, as long as I'm not doing a comb over, I'm okay. Um, all of my, all the dudes, except for one, he's the youngest. He's only like three years older than I am. He got, he decided to start getting Rogaine because he was like, I'm not. All my other uncles are just, they decided we're just going to be bald because they lost, you know, they lost their hair pretty quick. My, what sucks is like our families, it's in the middle. So I have the big bald spot in the middle that you can see is starting to show up. Uh, it's not as bad right now because I have the crew cut or whatever, the the buzz cut. But like when I actually have hair, it's bad because I have like a thick head of hair, but then you have the big spot in the middle. It's like, oh, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. No, I understand. Yeah, my uh, runs on both sides of the family for me. So my hair's already starting to thin, but it's so long and thick right now that you can't tell. So I'm just going to leave it alone. <laughs> Please yeah, don't go don't away. Don't blame yet. you. <laughs> yeah. Well, Enjoy hey. Enjoy while you have it, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And more on my end, it's maybe not more of the losing part, maybe more of it's turning white and gray fast. So I've, I've got to deal with that battle. You know, so I look like it just uh, got a bunch of snow in my beard all of a sudden. I'm like, what the heck? Well, you can really uh, be Santa distinguished Claus, at 35. Like, that's a bonus. Yeah. 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 <laughs> exactly. Uh, I think it's a bonus until people start going, oh, look at your old man. I'm like, oh, crap. <laughs> yeah. So I bet, I bet your wife will be the first one to make all the jokes. So. Oh, yeah, definitely. Amanda's already done it. Trust me. Uh, I, I My self esteem has been very low. So. Uh, <laughs> And the other problem is, is I didn't know what med- you know what what stuff to take apparently to to keep your hair. I, I didn't know about Rogaine. I'm thinking Viagra. Wrong medication. Whoops! Wow, <laughs> you're growing hair in the wrong place. <laughs> oh well, I'll get this stuff down one of these days. I mean, uh, at least you can trim that that hair. <laughs> I was wondering what was going on. Oh, boy. But, yeah, it's Christmas time, and these old guys are talking about it being old. So, oh, man. No, I, I just love the holidays, guys. And it's I'm sure cool. there's like a 40-something-year-old guy going, like, what the hell are y'all talking about? Like, if Tom's listening, I'm so sorry, Tom. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, really? Tom's just like, you guys are idiots. Click. Yeah. Uh, no. 
Tom's amazing. Oh man. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, no, I mean, uh, you know, just ex- excited about this, and I hope everybody listening has a great holiday. You know, we just want to kind of have fun with it and everything like that. So we'll be doing some really cool things. You know, next uh, week we'll be doing some New Year's resolution stuff for you guys. Usually every year around Christmas time, we kind of do a Christmas gift or Christmas wish list. But we figured this year we'll do a New Year's resolution. That way we can kind of have some fresh ideas and all that kind of stuff. So we'll be pushing that off till next week. But right now we're going to into our holiday and by doing that we are about to jump into some wrestling news so why don't we go do that and we'll do some quick hits right now it's time for wrestling news quick hits take it away gary all right, guys. Well, you know, talking about all this stuff and everything that's been going on, as we know, Vince McMahon uh, has been rumored to be really getting involved in this football thing, right? And we kind of talked about this on Tuesday about, you know, what's his thought process and, you know, where they're going to be going with this whole XFL or UFL, whatever it's going to be, what's going to happen. But it seems like Vince is really determined on this project. And apparently he has sold $100 million dollars worth of WB stock and this leads us to believe a few things and one thing that could be creeping up on us again is the idea that man Vince McMahon could be selling the company it could maybe possibly happen uh, that, that's just one of those things you got to put in the back of your mind but what do you guys think about this I mean Paul looking at this this is kind of crazy once again I mean just to think that this all is coming to fruition is all coming at us pretty fast. Yeah, I mean, if if people were on the fence about it still being rumors, I think this is pretty uh, sort of pointing in the direction that whatever he's going to be doing with Alpha Entertainment, and it does look like it's going to be football, is indeed going to be happening. I don't know if I'm on board with the rumors going around that he's looking to sell again or that he's open to the idea of it Uh just because to me, I mean, if you can keep it in the family and keep the money rolling in for yourself, you still have something to go back on if slash when football doesn't work out for Alpha Entertainment or whatever the heck he's trying to do here. You know, like for me, what's so weird is that remember that Forbes interview that he did where he said those weird lines about, well, I don't know. I kind of feel like almost that attitude of, well, if I can't have it, I don't want anybody else in the family to have it. And he was okay with selling it to somebody else outside of, you know, Triple H, Stephanie, Shane. At that point, Shane wasn't involved. Like, I know it sounds weird with how much, you know, the family is involved on TV and everything else, but I just, like, why do you even say that in in an interview and sound very serious about it? If that actually hasn't been creeping up in your mind at one point, maybe, you know, he's changed that attitude in a couple of years now that he's seen what Triple H can really do and how successful, you know, NXT has been. And maybe he trusts them more. Maybe at that point it was a trust issue. Uh, And with Shane back, especially like knowing that, okay, well, he will be in the family or, but it's so, you know, when he gets determined about things and, if he really feels like, oh, everybody keeps saying I don't have it, and it's like, well, I don't want somebody else succeeding over me, so I'm going to sell my empire to go build another empire or whatever. What's dumb is that, look, somebody failed one time. You sell WWE off to somebody else. 
And let's say that they kill WWE entirely and they turn it into, you know, nothing that has to do with wrestling. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Like, you're done. You know? So, like, that's something that you have to think about. It's like, once it's sold and that, say that person decides, unless you make them sign a contract that it has to stay about wrestling, which I guess, you know, you can do that too. But, like, it, it's over with at that point. So, like, do you really want to sell your safety net for something that, could die the same year that you do it, just like the XFL did. I mean, sometimes it's not just about. Look, we can we wax poetic on on uh, the Tuesday show about all he has to do is be NFL light. Yeah, maybe it sounds that simple, but there's a reason the NFL is is the NFL and nothing else has come up it against it, you know, for so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very true, and, and you know. I think that Vince McMahon is a smart businessman, and he has all these ideas of grandeur and probably has a whole plan based on his financials, based on some of the things he wants to happen in the future, or maybe just taking risk. But I think he also understands some of the things you guys are talking about. I think he knows that, hey, I've already done this. This is not something that's brand new. I've already learned that, hey, these things can fail. And so I have a really hard time believing that he is going to completely sell WWE. I think if he sells it at all, it would be to one of the family members. And, you know, either Triple H and Stephanie would try to find a way to to grab it, or, you know, maybe the whole Shane and Stephanie both try to grab this thing. I just don't see it going out of the family. And I'll also see Vince McMahon really wanting that company until the day he dies to have the stamp at the McMahon's. I don't want I don't think that he can go to, to his grave knowing that it was not his till the very end. So I, I, I just have a hard time believing he would just get rid of it completely. Um, so, and, you know, I think this idea, the, you know, XFL or whatever, what's going to be technically, um, it's a big deal for him. And it's been something he's wanted to succeed for a long time. And I think that he's just grabbing onto an opportunity. There's an opportunity. He's finding a way to make it happen. And if he does, he does. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he does, not because I want it to be succeed, but just because I'm kind of curious. I mean, I really do want to see what kind of ideas he has in mind he's very good friends with you know a lot of different people in high positions and you know jerry jones is one of his friends and i'm sure he's getting some information from him and things like that on what they do to be successful in the nfl and try to maybe copy a few things uh so it's it's really interesting this whole process is is really throwing out many rumors coming out of what we're finding out as we go but i think the thought process of him selling is a little bit of a stretch. I think more of everything else that's coming out that was more fact based and true. So, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm really you know hoping to see what's going to happen here. I, the one thing I do think that he should consider is maybe instead of doing his own league, just go by the Carolina Panthers. They're out there. <laughs> I mean, you can change it, you know, whatever you want to change their name, you know, whatever you feel like's best. But, I mean, come on. Just go do that. Does he Seems have the money? I mean, like, NFL teams are super expensive. Yeah, you got to be – like, we, you know, we talked about this on the, the kickoff with, with Harry and, and them. Like, you know, Diddy wants to do it. You're going to have to have five Diddies in order for that to work. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you can't just be Diddy, even Diddy, Steph Curry, and you know some other guy are not going to be enough. It's that—that's a lot of money you got to have for that to work. 
to pay all those players, the staff, everybody. You know, think about you know all the money you're showing out. Well, uh, what you pay the Rock and you know some of the you know Cena or whatever, you're paying that to almost every single player, not not just two or three people. I'm sure the president would give him a loan. They're they're pretty good friends. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> He could call them the Carolina Oranges, you know. No, so. just for just for Sean, just for Sean. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. So <laughs> well, maybe the league should just disown Carolina if that's going to happen. Oh no! Come on, no. If you're living Carolina, Sean's just you know. Anyway, uh, we all love you in Carolina, uh, but no. If it, Trump's going to be in it. He might go. He's going to ruin it. So, <laughs> oh man, but yeah, I mean, let's jump on over to something else that's really interesting. Uh, Dave Batista is wanting to come back to wrestling full time. Now, that's what we're hearing. Uh, there's been some reports, you know, in the past that says that he does want to do this, but we're hearing more of these kind of rumblings that he wants to get back in a WWE just for for a run here and maybe one last run. And he's okay doing house shows. He wants to do everything. He he's not one of these guys that wants to take you know it light and just kind of come here or there. He wants to do the full blast run and you know do everything that's involved in being a WWE superstar. This is really interesting, uh, Sean. I mean, I recently heard him. I believe it was on one. I don't think it was Jericho. I think it was actually Jim Ross's podcast, kind of talking about this. But it was all kind of speculation. But if this is coming true. What do you think about Batista being back in just, you know, for this run? Uh, I mean, he, well, you would think you won't have the Daniel Bryan problem this time around. Let's not hold our breath. You never know uh, with WWE. But I feel like now that he's such a much bigger star, I think people will appreciate him. More, I don't think he necessarily needs to be cheered because he obviously doesn't care about that, and he enjoys being the heel, and he's he's great at it. Uh, so you know, I think as long as you're not booing him out of spite, then it's a win for WWE. He gets he draws attention. He he brings a lot of you know casual eyes. Uh, you'll have you'll have him there during the time where. You know, Guardians will be in the Avengers movies, so you'll get press from that as well, which, you know, we know Vince loves all that. Uh, so if he's willing to do it and then also possibly put his movie career in kind of flux while that's happening, then more power to him, I guess. Flux is a great term for it because if he does come back to the WWE uh, and uh, a, a movie wants to approach him about possibly being in it, uh, they have to negotiate through WWE to get him to be on it. So uh, that could be kind of a turnoff to, to the cats over there in Hollywood if, if that does go down. But I mean, I'd imagine it's like Brock with MMA, though. He would just sign into the deal that WWE... I mean, couldn't he make them sign a thing where WWE really can't say no if Batista wants to be in a movie? I suppose he could, but I guess it also depends on how long his run would be, right? I mean, if it's six months, then, you know, 
big deal. If it's a year, maybe a yeah. little longer, who knows? Uh, <laughs> but if he's if he's doing house shows, which Brock is not, mm-hmm. I feel like he'd get more slack because you're seeing him every day as opposed to like every, you know, three months or whatever, unless he's doing a storyline where he's on Raw here and there. You know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that would really buy him slack because to me... Now, now you're committing to being there basically every day, and if you're only there for a short amount of time and suddenly you have to disappear for three months to go film a movie or two months or however long you'd have to be gone, I don't know how okay WWE would be with that. And I assume that's why you have to negotiate with WWE is because they have to figure out how to work it into their timetables with booking and everything. So I, I feel it'd be like more like The Rock that if they'd be more scared about, well, what if you get injured? It it could be that too, but I think when you go to The Rock versus Batista, as far as Hollywood's concerned, I think you're probably talking about two different levels. Yeah, <laughs> true. Yeah. Uh, as as far as the wrestling goes, I can't say I would hate it, especially if he's heel Batista, because that was by far my favorite Batista. But I don't know. I, I WWE is in a weird spot right now because I one I don't know where you throw him unless you just throw him on Raw and just put him over there and and let him keep that whole main event scene sort of that way. But like we we keep waiting for them to push new guys and it's part timers and and other names that they've already relied upon before coming back and it's just I don't know if it's a step backwards, but I think. I don't know if it's great for the WWE to bring him back in wrestling-wise. Publicity-wise, everything else, it's what Sean said. This guy's Drax the Destroyer. I'm sure people would want him just to come to the ring as Drax the Destroyer and be Drax the Destroyer <laughs> and, and all that great stuff. So <laughs> uh, That's definitely money right mm-hmm. there in your pocket, WWE, if you want to. <laughs> but of course, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure There's Marvel... There's money you got to go pay out to Marvel... Yeah. Yeah, I don't want to see that licensing fee. (laughs) No. Yeah, they they already went through that with Hogan for so many years. I doubt that they want to. They had to actually, didn't they? Eventually, just have to come to a like settlement or whatever, so that they just have to stop paying Marvel for it. I think so. I don't think you want to do that again. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure not. So yeah, I think that's pretty much out of the question. But I think Batista being back is not a terrible thing. I think he's got a lot of talent. He's a guy that definitely is going to bring some notoriety. And and the mainstream people out there, uh, you know, hearing about, you know, what's going on with Dave Batista, always wrestling now. That's that's an interesting fact because that brings in some viewers that may have stepped away from wrestling or may not know much about it just to see what it's about and may get hooked. So. I think that's a, that's another part of this equation that helps me. But like you guys said, I mean, movies and you know the fact that this guy kind of can call his own shots. He he's shown that he's successful outside of wrestling. He doesn't really need it. That's another thing that kind of brings up a, a lot of questions for WWE because do they really want a guy that can kind of do that? That can kind of say yes or no, and they can't do much about it, right? Mm-hmm. So that that there's a lot of things, but I, I think. Paul, you bring that good point of, you know, they're trying to build new superstars. Is it such a great idea to be bringing back somebody who is going to fill a spot and, and take some time away from some of these other guys that really are still learning, but at the same time, who have been moving up the ladder? So, mm-hmm. I don't know. He's it's, also it's, 49, it's, too, which might be something else to keep an eye on. 
Oh, yeah. Oof. Yeah. Man. But, hey, you know what? If it's a specialty run, if it's based on one certain thing and it's not, hey, you know, he's going for the universal title or the WWE championship, I I think we can get past a, a lot of I this. mean, is he going to have, like, Goldberg matches? Because I'd imagine that 49, even if you're taking all the wonderful HGH and all that stuff, you know, Trying to do Batista bombs on everybody is eventually going to wear on your <laughs> biceps and everything else, and you might be tearing stuff really quickly and find yourself more on the sidelines than you are in the ring. I mean, mm. he might have to change his wrestling style. He's going to be wrestling at 49 and, and trying to do all the big power stuff. Very true. Yeah, that's very, very true. And, and you know, another thing is that this is a guy that – you know, has, you know, got the crowd behind him before and also had the crowd hating because, like you said, Sean, about the Daniel Bryan stuff. And it really does make you wonder if people are going to be just into him just because of the drag stuff. And if they don't get the drag stuff, are they going to kind of move away from him? Are they going to start to kind of... Gary, know, all he has to do is wear blue trunks and we're good. <laughs> Blue Tista! Yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Those chant that. And you can play him with Rusev and be like, Blutista Rusev Day. Oh, oh, man. The memes are strong. <laughs> exactly. Oh, the force is definitely... And have Aiden English sing about it. Can you imagine? Oh, what a gift. What a gift that would be. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. God. We just see that happen. <laughs> I know. About to see if that ever does, but yeah, I mean, you know, it, this is all you know up in the air. I wonder how Simon Gods feels right now. <sighs> how did I screw that up? Look at that, Aiden English making it work. Well, I, Simon Gods just—he's not a cat anyway. I, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Uh, someone else who's an odd cat is Randy Orton, though, and he is going to be having a lighter schedule. Uh, this guy, you know, is not doing the Batista thing. He's definitely going to be taking some time off. He'll have a lighter schedule in January, February, or March. We're looking for him to be off and then coming back for WrestleMania time. So this guy, you know, has been definitely a big player on SmackDown and WWE in general. Um but it looks like, you know, up in age, kind of moving on to different things. This guy, you know, I, the lighter schedule, to me, makes sense. So, I mean, Paul, I mean, do you feel like this is a good idea? What do you think they're thinking here? It means I don't have to watch him anymore, Gary, which is what I'm super hyped about. <laughs> <laughs> He's beating Mojo to the hype. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he won't. Uh, he's already not doing weekend house shows. That's going to continue. Um, I don't know how much more time off he'll get past that. But if he's working lighter, then I mean, yeah, it definitely frees up a lot of room over on the SmackDown side of things uh, to sort of be a bigger player for some of these guys, which is nice. And for somebody who has been way more up and down and mostly down these last couple of years, uh, I'm okay with this. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a win for everybody, right? Uh, Orton is looking at Cena and saying, look, I've I've done my time just like him. Why can I not have uh, part-time status or or whatever? Maybe I didn't make the mainstream like Cena did, but 
wrestling wise, you know, you guys always put me as his equal, so I should be getting that time. You know, he has a wife and and kids that he'd want to spend more time with, I'm sure. And yeah, he's just he's reached that time where he doesn't need to be doing it all the time. And like Paul said, the most important thing is just opens that door. Uh, for some some of the guys, even some of the older guys like, you know, Rude and Nakamura that uh, you'd have to think that they're on borrowed time as well there in WWE and need to have that time to become big so, you know, that we can bank on them for the time that they're going to be there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some great points. And, you know, I, I'm right there with you guys. Randy Orton taking a break will make my life a lot easier on SmackDown. So, just watching that show, oof, I don't, I, uh, yeah. You know, you know, Paul, we do NXT every week here on the network, and, you know, it's a lot of fun, and we get excited about these big special takeover shows, and uh, apparently we're going to get five this next year, and we're going to get one on Money in the Bank weekend, which means that it's going to be a pretty huge weekend for WWE in general. And so, I mean, it seems to me uh, they want these specials to kind of tag along these big WWE events. And so they want Money in the Bank to be up there with Mania and Rumble and SummerSlam and these other shows. It's kind of cool. Right. Um, I, I I guess they're keeping the five thing as a, a fixture um, and just sort of keeping it in the same spot now because they've done five, I think, since 2016. Maybe maybe it's only this year they only started doing five. Either way, this is great. More takeovers is great. I love takeover every time we have to talk about it or watch it or get an opportunity to see it. I, I got to say I've been to one now, and I had a great time. So the more the merrier. Yeah, it's something all three of us have done on the show now, it's, mm-hmm. which is uh, cool to be able to say and – just like you said, every time they outdo themselves, it's crazy. You know, you'd think, okay, they're they're finally going to hit that point where they're not going to be able to do it, and they they do. Having five gives you another one to get excited about, and Money in the Bank being dual branded always makes more sense. It felt kind of weird just having only a SmackDown briefcase, and then introducing the women to have that second ladder match that they would have had had Raw been involved. So, do they have four ladder matches now? Uh, but that's that's crazy. People are worried about having two rumbles. Can you imagine having four ladder matches? Uh, so, you know, regardless of that, I think uh, TakeOver being with all the pay-per-views, they've kind of made that a thing now. It works for them. Uh, it gives NXT TakeOver publicity along with what's going on with the main roster. And and people seem to enjoy it, having that whole weekend there. You know, I think NXT as a whole is starting to, you know, that buzz has been dropping for a while, and you're starting to see it in the stands, even for these takeovers. But the show's still delivering, and that's what matters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, pairing them up with these big pay-per-views, it's a big deal. But what's also interesting is when you have these big pay-per-views, you always have that battle of is NXT is going to be better than the main the, the main roster show, right? And uh, that's what's fun. I think it's competition, and I think that really does help. Uh, it's it's really kind of cool to see everybody trying to step their game up, you know, just to kind of have some friendly competition there. So uh, I think this is a good deal. Really happy to see it. Not, not a bad uh, move on their part. 
Let's jump into this, Sean. I mean, we have, uh, you know, that new stuff come out about the War Machine possibly joining up with WWE. We're hearing more and more of that. We're also hearing, you know, Ricochet and War Machine could be signing uh, pretty early this next year. And War Machine could be even involved in some things with WWE as soon as February, it seems. So, uh, what do you think about these teams, uh, what, these three guys joining up in WWE? Well, one, you know, if WWE had a trios title, they would certainly, the three of them together would be amazing. But uh, taking them as they are, uh, you know, Ricochet has been like the story that, say, hello, whenever it is that you're showing up, please uh, let us know, because this has just been there for a year almost, and I guess this is the time that, we're feeling it it might be happening or who you know the the dirt sheets are feeling it might be happening war machine's interesting because you know we've we talked about how they he wanted raymond row for a while you kind of felt like hansen was going to come with him because them as a tag team is, has been what's been amazing had them as a tag team if you want to split them off great uh just Please no. I mean, as much as I love Harper and everything, both these guys are talented, and they deserve to be able to be separated and have their own gimmicks and be successful. And hopefully, they don't just turn into another Harper and Rowan. Where, hey, great tag team. Oh, now what do we do with them? We don't know what to do with them, and they just become nothing. That, that's the only thing I'm a little worried about. Is is what do you do with them outside the tag team? But. Ricochet, I feel like it's going to be NXT for a while because I don't think he's made it very, very apparent he will not go to the 205. So he'll be in NXT until they figure out what to do with him for the main roster, I'd imagine. Yeah, um, I I mean, I think War Machine is just is basically going to be one of those tag teams. and, And if it ever comes time to split them, which I don't know why you would. At least for the foreseeable future, uh, just because they're, they're a phenomenal team together. Uh, I, I think you just cross that bridge when you get there. For now, it looks like NXT is also in their future, which is where people are thinking they're going to be on the tapings after the Philly show. Ricochet is basically, I think, just a matter of time until that non-compete or, or the, the TV clause from his Lucha deal goes away. He'll be on there pretty quick. I just, it's surprising to me that War Machine could be there as early as February when we're just now hearing that they finished up with Ring of Honor, which leads me to think that their deal with them sort of expired earlier this year, and they've been working on a handshake deal waiting until WWE felt comfortable to approach them after the thir- the 90 days was up from their contract expiring. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, because I was one of the same thing, you know, especially for the fact that, you know... Well, yeah, didn't you know, we report for a while that... Roe was working without a contract, or both of them? I feel and like then, I remember us talking about them resigning for, for another year, either at the end of last year or earlier this year, or something like that, so I, I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, you know, was very interested about that, and that, that could make sense. A handshake deal would really give a credence to why they'd be able to join up in WWE so early. Um, but I'm just a- like, at this point, like, does Sinclair not care? Like, why are you letting people that you know are going to go to the, I guess, I don't know if they even consider them competition anymore, 
to the other company still work for you or you know be kind of prominent in your show like i understand new japan like they don't care uh but that's that's just weird to me i don't know sinclair is, is good with ring of honor where it is i think because if they ever did decide to turn the corner and start investing in it more heavily then we might have a, a much more serious conversation on our hands than why are they letting these guys go. But for me, I think any independent promotion out there that's not WWE is basically looking at things right now. Like if you're going to go, you're going to go and there's not really a lot we can do to stop you. Cause it's not just a money thing for WWE. I feel like it's, we're going here because one, it's going to make our names huge. So if we ever do have to come back to wrestling after that, they're worth more money elsewhere now. And, you know, I mean, you, I don't think you can really put a price tag on that sort of fame where, you know, you work WWE five years or whatever, and then suddenly you're back on the indie scene. You can start charging a lot more money. That too. Yeah, right, very much true. Very, very interesting. And, you know, we'll continue to follow along and, and see when all happens with the War Machine and Ricochet, of course. It's, it's going to be really fun to see when they do finally arrive in NXT. All right, well, let's talk about something uh, really interesting, and that is WWN Live. That's right. They have their own streaming service called Club WWN. And, Paul, I mean, this is interesting. They, they've got a few things here uh, that I think people will find that, you know, it, it could be good or bad for them if they want to get into the service. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about this? Right. So first things first, you don't get live streams for subscribing to this. Uh, you you get it on a two-week delay, on-demand, all that great stuff. If you want to buy the live stream and you are a Club WWN subscriber, you get half off the price. So uh, I believe that makes their, you know, their if you're just watching the live stream, it's $5. If you're watching the, uh, if you're getting the video on-demand part, which I don't know why you would, if you're going to have the Club WWN thing, it would be seven fifty. So uh, it's, that's, probably the most interesting part they do have a loyalty program where every time you spend money buying dvds or on there for your subscription or anything like that uh it builds up loyalty points that you can use at their shop and stuff like that to buy dvds and whatnot but i when there's so many services out there that give you live streams of shows that are on their network or promote with them or, or whatever we're talking about whether it's powerbomb tv or flow slam for a while or or the network, the WWE network, or any sort of other thing like that, it's either you get live streams or you don't get live streams, and it's not really a combination like this where you get discounts to buy it. So I, that seems a little shady to me, but maybe they have to make up money from the lawsuit. I don't know. <laughs> I don't think it's shady so much. I think it's just a let's see if people do it, mm -hmm. right? I mean – at the worst, what happens is, oh, nobody buys it? Well, you just take that option away, and somebody will report on it, and it'll be a thing for like a day, and then it'll go away. It, like, it, it's just an option because you know that there's people like Larry Zonka who need to review everything because that's his job. And he will pay the $5 because he needs to have it tomorrow because it's not relevant two weeks from now. Mm -hmm. And – there will be the crazy hardcore WWN fans or the people that like, oh my god, I've got to be 
up to date on whatever wrestling thing is happening, and I'll pay the $5 to watch it so I can be on Twitter with everybody else, those people may spend the money. That's what he's doing. He also knows that you paid 20 bucks for Flow Slam every month. So what's paying 15 or 20 if they do two live shows? Uh, anyway, but it doesn't seem like you're paying 20. You're just paying 5 and 5 or whatever if you want to watch it live. If not, if you can wait, there's the $10 option, and it's not a big deal. But yeah, like you're saying, this is the first time somebody's doing it, so it seems kind of weird or seems like you know Gabe's double-charging or mm-hmm. or whatever. I think it's not a bad system. It just looks silly when you're supposed to be you're you're also kind of tied with WWE as well, and they're giving you everything for ten dollars, and here you are saying, "Oh, we're gonna charge you for the live part." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you have to do what you have to do, and you know, whereas WWE has the advantage of having money coming in from other areas to to cover uh, some of the you know more cost issues uh that come into play when you're streaming things and you're you're doing it live there's a lot of things that come into play um where i think wvn is trying to cover themselves trying to make sure that they recover the money that they lose and are able to keep up with the technology to keep things live and all the things that go into that so i kind of get it it makes sense to me um but at the same point yes it's kind of annoying and it also kind of makes you feel like you're, you know, not getting such a great deal. But, I mean, if you really like the product, I mean, it's like anything else, you'll spend the money. And so uh, I think that's where they're coming from. And then, like you guys mentioned, it's a test. It's, it's seeing what they can get from you. And that's what they're doing. So it's going to be interesting. I think WN Live is really, you know, trying their best to, to continue on and, and make some waves. So. Uh, let's jump into something else really quickly here. Let's go ahead and talk about uh, some early reports coming out about something else really interesting here. Uh, we're hearing that some things are going down when it comes to uh, the All In show, which will be promoted by Cody and, of course, the Young Bucks. And they're really excited about this. They, they really want to get this thing going. Uh, but the reports are their location possibly could be chicago that's where they're kind of pinpointing where they may hold this thing i am I'm, I'm really curious about that i mean sean i know chicago is a hotbed you know for wrestling it's a big pl- you know uh you know place for people to be you know showing up for shows <laughs> so what do you think about that do you think chicago is the right place yeah chicago is the right place i mean they've had uh every other sort of big show in chicago Right, so so why not this one? Uh, I think it's smart for them uh, to do it there. It's sort of been their hot, you know, the ROH sort of hotbed place to do the New Japan shows and and all that stuff. Uh, other than doing California or Philly or something like that, I think this is a good spot because people uh, people from all over can come to it. You know, it's not. The destination spot like Las Vegas or whatever, but it's still sort of in the middle of the United States where you can have so many people come flock to it, and even from outside the United States can come and if they 
really want to see this and and then go home, you know? Mm-hmm. It is uh, it is a big city. It does have a lot of people in it. I agree it is not a destination like New York or Los Angeles, which I think might have helped some. Uh, but we don't even know who's going to be on this card. We just know that Ring of Honor is sort of in talks to, to, to be on this show. There's a lot of other sort of ifs and buts floating around. I feel like Chicago is a great place. It, it's it's a wonderful wrestling city. It draws large crowds. And, uh, you know, it's... it's uh, while it's not the other two, it's it certainly is a great choice. So I don't have any problems with this at all. I'm right there with you guys. And plus, you know, wrestling fans will have, you know, a great location to travel to, you know, a great pizza, a great environment, lots of good stuff. And uh, so I think it, it it's definitely, a, you know, a place that they need to, to, to look into for sure. And if it's the one place that they think they can do it, I think they're right on that. So. Will Ospreay apparently is ending with his contract with Ring of Honor, and it seems that he'll be able to go and be more free. He's no longer going to be exclusive with them, and we're going to possibly see him, or most likely see him, at Evolve during WrestleMania weekend. And so, I mean, what's up with this, Paul? Yeah, so the the contract that Will Ospreay signed with Ring of Honor was to be, he would work for them exclusively in the U.S., uh, the U.S., however, doesn't really seem to be a focus for him right now. He obviously does a lot more work, you know, at home in England. He's doing, he has this thing with Australia now and obviously New Japan. And, uh, you know, this just sort of makes sense right now. I mean, he, he doesn't really have to be hampered by this deal. He can still work ROH if he wants to, I think, sort of on a handshake deal or whatever. But uh, he won't be exclusive to them anymore, which is great for Evolve and great for a lot of other places around the country. Yeah, uh, I mean, I felt like this goes back to that whole whenever when Osprey had that meeting with Paul Heyman about Evolve, and you know, it, I think he kind of always had it in his sights to come back and and work for them. And I don't know if this turns into something, or perhaps it's that door that opens for him to go to uh, WWE or something like that, but. I feel like that that's been where he's going to wind up and that's just been a matter of time. Uh, you know, we can, I guess say about, I, I don't know what you want to say about his time in new Japan, whether it was wasted or, or not. A lot of people seem to have that feeling, but you know, he has a lot of places he could be and to go and decide, Hey, I can go work for evolved during WrestleMania weekend. That, that proves that evolved still, that hot spot, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I'm sure Osprey has a lot of things that he has planned going around. And so it's probably pretty nice for him not to be exclusive, just a ring of honor in the U S that's, that's a good deal for him. And he'll probably be taking advantage of that. We got some congratulations to be given out, Sean. We've got to definitely give big uh, congrats up to Katsuya Kitamura for winning the New Japan Young Lions Cup. Oh, yeah. Katsuya Kitamura now deciding that he wants to go do an excursion in America as well. Uh, the man knows 
Uh, you know, all he has to do is go to Venice Beach. He'll be fitting right up there with the bros. We'll fit <laughs> right in, too. Uh, that man has muscles on top of muscles, and uh, New Japan knows it, and they take advantage of that. And, you know, he's he's keeps getting over more and more with the, the audience. Uh, I think everybody knew he was going to be in for a big push. I don't think it's a surprise he won this thing, but, yeah, awesome for him. I, you know, I don't know if I would have called him a lock to win this at the start, just because I think uh, you know you obviously have Hiroki Wada, who's gotten over pretty big with the with the crowd as well, and Oka still seems to be the chosen one, sort of, even though he did lose to both um, Kawato and or I think he just lost to to um, Kitamura at the end. But at any rate, you know, Oka still has this big sort of or he's being traded by Nagatas exclusively. He's got all these accolades already so uh i i don't know if this was a surprise it's still great for him he's by far i think he's my favorite young lion out of the current crop and, and him coming to the states should be absolutely wonderful somebody put him and keith lee in a ring already oh yeah that, that needs to happen like right now mm-hmm. so boy that'd be great um Let him but yeah each I mean... other to death <laughs> <laughs> Oh, could you imagine the announcers on that? He's chopping that oak tree down. I, I don't imagine uh, you need to talk during that. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I would just be saying, ouch, 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 mm-hmm. ouch. So, yeah, good stuff, uh, you know, at least for uh, Kasuya. Uh, let's mention one last thing here on Quick Hits. We need to let the people know that AJ Lee, uh, remember, she had her book come out, Crazy Is My Superpower. Well, guess what? That book has taken to be a hit, and it is actually going to have its own television show. Yeah, that's right. And AJ Lee is going to be the executive producer and a writer for this show. Paul, I mean, are, are you thrilled about this? What do you think about it? I'm super hyped for it. Her book was incredible. Uh, and I mean, if you haven't read it yet and you have at all any inkling or, or care for, for AJ Lee, I would absolutely recommend go out, buy it and read it because it's terrific. It goes from, uh, it has some pretty serious content in there, but it goes from that to a lot of dark humor pretty quickly and back and forth. And it's, it's a wonderful story. If they can even get close to capturing sort of any of that on television, they, they might have themselves a good show on their hands. Uh, yeah, uh, the, look, uh, we're talking about the Asia Lee thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm getting a bunch of things happening right now. So, like, look, uh, AJ Lee is really smart. She knows what uh, she's doing here. I have not read this book, but I imagine it's pretty good. Um, and, look, uh, I think this is kind of cool that AJ has been able to Take a book about her life and make that into a TV show. How many people can say that? You know, and if it's successful, I mean, that's even better. Like you're you're writing a freaking show about your life. I mean, it, it doesn't. Uh, that's that's kind of probably high on the echelon of people to say like, "Hey, I wrote a show about my life. It succeeded, and now I get to keep doing that." Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's cool. Like, hey, she could be more successful in the entertainment realm or the popularity realm, even though you know. Uh, she may she may not be acting on the show. Then then you know her husband watching him just get punched out by somebody. So you know, <laughs> there's that. Oh man, yeah. I mean, it, it's really cool 
for her. And I know that, you know, it's going to be something that I think a lot of wrestling fans will be tuning into. But I think it's also cool that it'll be a mainstream thing where you'll see a lot of people tune in just to find out what this is about. And having the wrestling connection and all that, it's kind of a, a good deal, if you ask me, for them, you know, in the wrestling business. So I think, you know, for her, I mean, congrats. And for, you know, getting this thing off the ground, that that's a big deal. And so you can never, you know, scoff at getting a television deal at all. So, well, good stuff there. Well, there you go, guys. That is quick hits for us. Uh, oh, hold on. Before you, uh, mm-hmm. just because I don't know how much you guys talked about this on Raw when it happened or mm-hmm. uh, for a 205, but apparently Kalisto might have a possible fracture from the guy throwing the water bottle Ooh. at him. Ooh, that's not good. Wow. So, I mean. He'd have to get stitches from it, though. His wife is not happy about it at all. She is very angry. So, could you press. It's kind of funny to say, but, you know, he probably would never. So, you want me to read this thing? Yeah, go ahead. Well, she calls it. She says, The way you assaulted my husband was disgusting. To say the least, your actions caused harm and medical intervention was needed. I'm in disbelief with those that think it's okay to ridicule someone who lives their life to entertain others. If it was you in the situation, you wouldn't be laughing, would you? What a way to spend our holidays. Stitches, MRI, impossible fracture. Wow. Yeah, it does suck to spend your holidays. One of your few times off in WWE injured because someone threw a water bottle. They didn't catch the guy, but I think that that's just stupid. Yeah. Uh, you know, and once again, I mean, I'm sure he wouldn't press charges against the guy, but I mean, he, he might him. though. I think they said that. Like, anytime somebody tries to get in or does something they're not supposed to do in the crowd, they were going to start doing that. If mm-hmm. I remember correctly, I mean, they have signs posted everywhere. They're well within their legal right to do so. And I would stand up for my superstars. You don't want to set a president, you know. You you definitely don't want people thinking, "Oh, we'll get away with this." The other guy got away with it, you know. Because let's be honest. I mean, there, there's an array of things you can throw, and you know, they may not seem harmless. They may seem harmless, but they're not, you know. Well, I remember the uh, somebody threw that fake money in the bank briefcase at Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure he wasn't feeling great after that either. So, yeah. It's, People are. <laughs> I don't get it sometimes. I know. Hey, come like on, the guys. same guy that threw the beer at the football player. Like, watch it. You know. Yeah. Like uh, you don't know when you'll get a run our test. Somebody come in the stands. You won't think it's funny after that. Exactly. That's very true. And you know, if this was a different decade, an earlier time, you know, wrestlers would have went in the crowd and just beat the crap out of you. Not worried about the cops. You know. Yeah. Um, but now you've got... Or found you afterwards. Yeah, I found you. But you, you probably would have paid the penalty by those guys. Nowadays, they can't do that because they would risk their career. Um, and so they can't really fight back for themselves. So now it's up to WWE. I mean, sometimes you can't even fight back on social media because you get suspended or whatever. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you're kind of a, you know... 
a situation that it, it's it's a hard impasse. But you know, hopefully this guy gets what comes to him, and you know he he does pay some kind of penalty. I'm not asking the guy to go to jail, but I, I wish he would have to pay a fine or something where WWE can make their point known that hey, you can't do this to our superstars, mm-hmm. and it's just it's just really uncool. I mean, the beach ball thing is fine, uh, but not bottles of water, beer, and all that other stuff. So, uh, but yeah, uh, thank you, Sean, for bringing that up. I, I, I did not read that. That's awesome. That's uh, awesome that you know we're getting to hear that you know this is something that is serious and people need to pay attention to. Uh, well, you know, that means we are done with quick hits, though. And so that means we'll be talking final battle. That's right. We're finally going to get into it. We didn't do it on Tuesday because of me. I'm sorry I didn't watch it on time. But now I finally did. I finally got it. So uh, Paul, will finally get to discuss it. So let's go ahead and jump into that next. All right. Ring of Honor, Final Battle 2017, Hammerstein Ballroom, New York City, all that great stuff. Gary, the setup looks pretty swank, I ain't gonna lie. Super professional, very clean, very modern looking. I dug it. How about you? I did too. I look like it was a big time show. It really felt that way. I've only got one complaint. I'll do that complaint later. But other than that, I think that they I like the lighting on the stage at least for, well... Some of the lighting. I'll mm-hmm. once again. I'll get to the list stuff later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 I'll be honest with you though. It, it felt like it, it was a big deal. So I appreciate it. It was a nice arena too. Of course, you know the Hammerstein's a great place anyway. Mm-hmm. So good, good, good on that. The setting was great. Yeah, I I, I loved it. It was <clears throat> excuse me. It was a very nice uh, change of pace because you know we we talk about it sometimes. Some of these indie places get stuck in some pretty dark buildings, and this was. Very, very nicely lit, very professional looking. Uh, although I will argue that it wasn't shot as professionally as it could have been, but we'll, once again, we'll get to that later. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Matt Taven takes on Will Ospreay in the opener here. What, this this was awesome. First of all, 11 minutes in, uh, Ospreay uh, hits the big cyclone, cli- uh, cyclone kick, easy enough for me to say, goes up for the os cutter, gets caught in the climax for the three count. Uh, I, Taven, first of all, gets the, the cool entrance with, uh, him and the kingdom sort of killing various conspiracy figures on the way in light of the, uh, you know, the belief conspiracy that Ring of Honor has against them. Well, uh, this was great. I mean, Matt Taven, I think is, uh, a little underrated as far as people who watch ROH, in my opinion. Um, I, I don't want to say somebody that take for granted, but. You know, for somebody who took sort of a bad deal to hand of having the kingdom and everything fall out from under him and then having to rebuild and heal up from a a very serious leg injury, the dude looks like he could be a future champion uh, as far as, you know, their world champion down the line next year. I am right there with you. This guy has all the intangibles. (laughs) He shows it in the ring, outside of the ring. I mean, he is a star. Uh, so yes, this matchup was really exciting. I was really happy to see it. It, it never felt like that Matt Taven didn't deserve to be there. Right. 
Right. Right. I mean, I mean, there's a lot of people probably out there who don't watch Ring of Honor a lot of the times, may not pay attention to, to Matt Taven. They know Will Ospreay, but maybe they don't know Taven. Well, guess what? If you watch this, you know Taven matters. And mm-hmm. I, I, I really found myself just, re- just enjoying this through and through. I think they put on a really great performance. And I, I just, I got to say it, I'm so proud of Ring of Honor for for giving Matt Taven that you know opportunity. And he got the win here, and really, really happy to see that. To me, Will Ospreay is a, a super great talent, but it, it, it means even more that Matt Taven won because mm-hmm. of that. Yeah, I mean, Taven's somebody they've really invested a lot into. It's, it's, it's really cool to see all that starting to pay dividends for him, too. So, uh, And I, I don't want to underestimate how over the kingdom is, basically wherever they go, too. People do like these guys a lot. Uh, mostly because they they are relatively funny, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I mean, they're they're all great workers, each with their own strengths. Um, as far as all that goes, so yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. And if, I mean, like you mentioned, I mean, the, the whole kingdom fell out from underneath Taven. I mean, it really kind of left for dead in a way. Yeah, it's kind of funny to say that. Yeah, and then you know he was able to you know. But his personality and, and the way he did things here brought it right back with two guys that really, honestly, people could kind of say, this is a 50-50, it's going to work out. And it ended up working out, and really it is because of Taven's leadership, the way he presented it. And he's really, if you ask me, he's built these other guys up, and I really feel like the Kingdom is a solid faction. They matter. I love their music, the entrance. I just, I really, especially this entrance, it was really cool. I, I love that that entertainment part of it. Um, so uh, lots of big things I think are in store for Taven and even for the kingdom. I just, I'm really, really enjoying that. I agree with you wholeheartedly. Uh, we move on from there to tag team action as the addiction takes on war machine. I think this was sort of a perfect little thing here. Nine minutes, which I think is great because I don't think you really want the addiction in there for a long time anymore as, as wonderful as they can be long matches, probably not in their wheelhouse anymore. Uh, lots of brawling. I thought War Machine uh, also looked pretty darn good here. And, of course, I mean, they're one of the best tag teams in the world right now, in my opinion. So uh, what you get here is pretty darn good. They end up winning with the fallout on Christopher Daniels. And a bit of a surprising win, maybe, um, because you kind of – I figured at least the addiction would want to keep building momentum as to ruining everything people in ROH and their fans love – and not maybe getting the dirty win here might not have been might have been the better way to go, but you know I, I you know who knows I guess where this is going, but you know I, I think really War Machine is the team like you said that has really a lot of the momentum. They've got a lot of things going for them. Mm-hmm. The addiction it, it, they're really not at that point anymore. I, I think they're a great hand. They're really offering Ring of Honor something that's really important. That's two guys that are super experienced. They can get in the ring with anyone and really have a, a bang up performance. But on, on on that other hand, you know what's going on with them and it's just it's a little bit of story it's it's a little bit of you know hey we're getting older and that mixture is working out to be okay with them but the the addiction are not the addiction we once knew 
if I can say it that way. So we're we're finding our way to this new situation with them, and I think the way this all worked out, it worked out fine. I, I really don't have too many complaints. I get where you're coming from. I think the addiction need victories, um, but I mean, I think what they're really basing themselves off of just their experience and based on their name more than their wins and losses. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the difference in this situation, and they can do that. They're afforded that opportunity. So, uh, you know, I don't know, Paul. I, I, I'm really kind of curious where they're going to go. Uh, of course, we'll, we'll talk more about them later, but mm-hmm. I, I'm really, really, you know, interested because they are getting so much older. Yes, yeah. I mean, it just I figured with them sort of being embroiled in a story that, let's face it, Ring of Honor has kind of put a lot of resources into as far as TV time and all that goes for the last couple of months. Um, maybe the addiction would pull out the victory here, but they did not. So, yeah. Uh, next up, you have uh, what I was terming, at least I, I don't think I termed it on air, but off air, I, I had this in my head as a cheater's grudge match almost. Jay Lethal taking on Marty's scroll. And, of course, a lot of the buildup was that Marty wanted to face the old Jay Lethal, which is, of course, the heel Jay Lethal, who was the co-holder of the ROH World TV title and the world title at the same time and all these other tremendous accolades he had during those two years uh, at the top where he was just incredible. And we we basically get that here. Marty does almost everything in his power to try to get Jay to cheat, and he just won't do it until the very end where Jay gets the victory with a low blow and a lethal injection. Uh, This was one of the best matches on this show. Uh, Just spectacular storytelling as far as the feud goes. And, I mean, Jay Lethal and Marty Scroll, both tremendous workers, too, so you were afforded that as well. But, man, this was was just awesome. I, I loved this start to finish. Yeah, I did too, and, and you know, it, it had its moments that were kind of slow here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, I, I think in the end, you, you really realized it's not about a high-paced match. It's not about, you know, what these guys do in general. It, it's a story they're telling, and uh, that story is just what you said. It's scroll, you know, baiting Jay Lethal the entire time. Mm-hmm. And we've seen this building up to this match, and we, we continue to continue and continue to see it. So I think it's a big deal. They made it feel like a big deal. I love the fact that you do have in the end Jay Lethal cheating to get the victory. To me, it, it just kind of shows up for what could be or you know, just showing shades of what he used to be. I think that's exciting, too. So uh, good stuff all the way around in this matchup, though. I mean, I love Marty Scroll. I love everything he has to offer, and I think that you know it was a great matchup between the uh, you know the villain and Jay Lethal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, can't wait to see where this goes because I don't think this ends here. Honestly, Jay Lethal has to keep questioning himself, and I want to see Marty keep on po- poking the bear, essentially. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I me too. Uh, following that, you have the Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles up for grab as. The Motor City Machine Guns defend against the best friends of Trent Beretta and Chucky e. T. Uh, I kind of was hoping for better things here. This kind of just keeps my belief going that the Motor City Machine Guns, too, are getting older. They're a step slower. And when they try to work that old style that I still think they are, they just can't really keep up anymore. Uh, whereas the best friends I, th- I thought were wonderful in this. They were the usual selves, which was great, and the crowd loved it as well. So uh, 
the guns do retain here after um, basically a surprise cradle here from Saban after um, a big pile driver on Shelly looks like it might have ended things, but it was not to be. Yeah, this is a matchup that I was really wanting to love. Mm-hmm. I really did. I mean, the best friends are, you know, really fun. They're, they're, they're crowd favorite, and, and the Motor, Motor City Machine Guns are, you know, not far behind. I mean, there's a lot of people behind them. But in, in this matchup, you really kind of found yourself lost. Who do you root for? You know, uh, that's the biggest question. I mean, uh, the, the Machine Guns are not heels. They're not bad guys, and, and the best friends are, you know, kind of fan favorites. So who do you really kind of find yourself behind? And, and that's the deal about this. I think that's kind of the part of the reason I think maybe we were taken away from being super invested in it. Uh, just, you know, you don't have that heel face thing that you have sometimes. It kind of takes control of your emotions. Uh, the match itself was fine. They did some fun spots. They did some things that, you know, you're you're happy with. But I just don't know if this this whole match blew me away. Even the finish just did not blow me away. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, am I upset that the Motor City Machine Guns are still champions? No, not one bit. It don't, it don't really affect me. And that's, that's fine. Um, but I do want to see better for the best friends. I want to see them do more stuff and, you know, hoping things work out for them in the future. But, you know, for right now, this is an okay match. Okay, I think about sums it up bell to bell. Uh, as fun as the best friends were, I just it wasn't meant to be with the layout and, and the finish. It's just kind of blech to me. So. Yeah, the, the best spot to me was uh, the spot, I forget which one was hanging upside down, but when basically crotch to face with the best friends. Uh, that, that had yes. The best <laughs> uh, I got to give him credit for that. Which uh, does get some you sick, you know what chance. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, We move on from there to the TV title elimination match as Kenny King defends against Martinez, Shane Taylor, and Silas Young. Uh, Punishment sort of has some like weird zombie guys lead him to the ring. Kenny King gets a special sort of video package where he calls out his opponents for the evening. (sighs) This this kind of sucked, honestly, because I was expecting a lot, and what we get here is just a lot of guys sort of going through the motions, the crowd isn't really into this at all, it's just sort of flat the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing that really sort of saves it for me is that Silas is the one walking out with the, t- uh, with the title here as he ends up pinning punishment uh, at the end here after Misery. Silas Young, and I, I'm sure me and Gary could just do a whole show on how great Silas Young is, but one of the most unsung heroes here on ROH finally getting a spotlight is the best thing to come out of this. I agree, and here's the thing. I think the biggest problem with this matchup was all the guys involved, they wanted to protect. Mm-hmm. You want to protect every single person in this match, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm, maybe mm-hmm. it's 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 funny I say this because maybe Silas Young is the less likely to be protected. I, I think that they love Punishment Martinez. They want to see him do good things. They really don't want to see him lose, but they needed him in a big matchup. Shane Taylor, the same way, the dominant guy, the guy that has been a, you know a, a wrecking ball in the Ring of Honor at times. 
you got to protect him. And then you run yourself over and talk about Kenny King, who has really done some good things and really doesn't need to start taking losses. So I think it's, it's, it ended up being like that. They tried a little too hard to have a, a good fatal four way, but yet not make everybody look bad. Mm-hmm. And I think that got in their way a little bit, and that's just my personal opinion. I just kind of felt like it got in their way sometimes. And, and then you started getting the eliminations, and then Shane Taylor and going out first was a little bit of a surprise for me. Um, but I not no hate on it. I just it was a little surprise. And then you know it, it goes down from there, where you're in a situation where it's you know Silas Young and you know Punishment Martinez and. It, <sighs> I just found myself at times just wanting it to be better, and it was just never really reached that plateau. Mm-hmm. Very happy for Silas Young. Uh, like you said, we could talk about him all day. I love him, but it's just it, the match itself was not as a humdinger as I wanted it to be. Yeah, it, it's kind of unfortunate that Silas has started his title reign off like this with sort of a, a whimper instead of a bang, but they do set up a lot of stuff in here. I mean, punishment, obviously. Uh, seems like he could be chasing here. It definitely feels like Kenny's going to get a rematch since he gets eliminated with a beer bottle. I think Shane Taylor's sort of the only one left tailing out in the win, and that, that's okay because he has the whole Hitman thing going. He's got a lot outside of a championship chase to, to sort of keep him going. And, and I think you're spot on, too. Like, a lot of these guys, I think Ring of Honor has a lot invested with, especially when it comes to Punishment Martinez, uh, who I feel like they want to be a big deal uh, and we're, they're just sort of waiting for either the crowd to catch on or for punishment to sort of get the opportunity to go out and do something that forces it. But, you know, I, it just, there's, there's a lot of start and stopping in this match. There's a lot of ups and downs and the downs, unfortunately kind of go a little too long, uh, that just sort of take you out of it. And by the end, you're just sort of grateful that Silas wins. So, yeah, <laughs> very grateful though. I, I will mm. say that thing, you know, so, yeah. Uh, after that, we get to the the New York City Street Fight. Tommy Dreamer teaming up with Bully Ray to take on the Briscoes. Dreamer and Bully come out through the crowd, a la ECW. They, they cheers a beer, a la Sandman. Basically doing everything they can to channel the uh, ECW into their spirit as they take on the Briscoes. This, I, I enjoyed this. I thought it was fun. It felt very much like a throwback to ECW, which I'm pretty sure was part of the point here with this more than likely, in my opinion, being Bully Ray's last match. And Bully, to his credit, takes a lot more bumps than a man with a bruised brain probably should. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Uh, however, they do end up falling prey to the Briscoes here after sort of a, a botched 3D on a table that doesn't break, and Mark has to use the froggy bow to put Bully through it to get the victory. I I enjoyed this. It was a fun match, and I I just don't know if I got everything I was expecting. It I don't know. I don't know. I it, I had fun with it. I think that's about all I can say. Uh, you know, fun may be the perfect word. Um because you, I don't think you could say this match was great. I don't think you could say this match was just the most solid match or anything like that. It's it's your normal hardcore match, mm-hmm. and you're right. They they the beginning of it, you did feel that ECW feel like, oh man, this is something special. Look at the weapons. Oh, this is amazing. It's going to be exciting. All those great things. 
but you know, once you actually get into the match itself, you find out that this is not all about just this revenge and and out for blood. It's it's more about entertaining the fans and entertaining um, themselves, and, and they're you know chanting, uh, not chanting, but you know you have bully. The three count for the, let's get the tables, and you you have some silly things in there that kind of cartoony, to where it, it's just oh come on you know I thought that this was a blood feud and it's not you know even though Bully Ray got cover uh, color excuse me he got the color he got the bleed mm-hmm. um, it, it still at the end of the day felt like it was fun and not as much hardcore as I really wanted it to be and and, and I'm not out for I'm not bloodthirsty. I'm not wanting to see, you know, uh, Bully and um, Tommy Dreamer out there bleeding their, you know, heads out and just, you know, dying. Um, but I, I just really expected more hardcore stuff and not some of the lighthearted stuff we saw. It is sort of a weird disconnect because this is a match where they busted out the cheese grater and they sort of threatened to light a table on fire near the end and, and some other things. But. This is also a match that has the guys take out lightsabers and hit each other with them. So <laughs> that's exactly the lighthearted stuff I'm talking about. I mean, sure, Paul, that's fun, right? The new it, movie's it out. It's it, it, it's great. You know, and I love the line of, "Oh, look, they got the force," you know, with them, and then of course the crowd chants about the force, and, and that's fun. But once again, if I'm pissed off at some people for ruining my gym, for you know trying to end my career in me mm-hmm. I could give a care less about the lightsaber I just want to kill him uh, so that's what I'm saying it's kind of weird it, it takes me away from the feud a little bit uh, I start to not remember what the feud is about when they start taking out lightsabers mm-hmm. I, and that's a, a very very fair point and to me if this may or may not have been Bully Ray's last match uh, and he wasn't hurt, I'm sure we would have gotten the flip side of this where the, it's Bully and Jay and Tommy and Mark out there just trying to kill each other. But with it being Bully Ray's last match, I kind of feel like this is sort of the way he wanted to go out, you know? Uh, it's 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 brutal, yet entertaining and fun and sort of everything I think that Bully Ray sort of encapsulated throughout his career. So if this was the last match, I think it's something that he is immensely would be immensely proud of. I don't know if he is or not, but... Um, you know, it just, it was a very fun match. And if it was Bully Ray's goodbye, I feel like it was very fitting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I think it's an okay way to leave the business uh, or at least an in, in-ring uh, business, not doubt the actual wrestling business itself. Right. Uh, I, I think it's fine. I think it works for him. It's okay. It's a hardcore match. It's, uh, it's all good. Um, but, you know, just uh, going to be honest, overall, it was, you know, fun mm-hmm. it had its points but it was not something that you're going to probably talk be talking about a year from now right right uh after this we get the women of honor announcement that we talked about on monday which if you haven't listened to yet uh they're going to do a tournament next year uh starting on january 20th to crown the first ever women of honor champion they bring out uh most of their stars here brandy rhodes diana perrazzo uh, Jenny Rose, Jesse Brooks, Kelly Klein, Mandy Leon, Stella Gray, Sumi Sakai, and Stardom's Mayu Iwatani, which is a huge deal. Um, I, I'm kind of excited about this. Uh, I, I've been a big proponent of Women Honor since the start. I've watched most of the shows that they've done. 
it, it's it's a really fun time. Uh, some of the wrestling isn't always that great because they do use some people that are relatively green at times. But I mean, this is sort of a big deal if they're going to focus in on it and go all in at this time. Um, I, I'm I'm very supportive of this idea. I me too. I think this is something that's a long time coming, mm-hmm. and I think a lot of people think that that's nothing new. I'm not breaking news here, or, or being the first to say that. But right. you know, I, I'm just right there with the rest of you guys. I, I think this is excellent, cool deal for the women of you know of Ring of Honor. Um, I, I just this is the one part of the show I'll say that they they lit the entire show except mm-hmm. the stage to where you could see these ladies come out and. Uh, I'm just being honest. It was so dim up there. Yeah. Uh, at least uh, from my perspective, boy, I mean, it was more like the silhouettes of honor. Um, <laughs> so I think the live crowd felt that way too. Cause I don't think they could see them. <laughs> yeah. So all you see is these like, you know, you know, black figures, no, no, no racial content. Basically what I mean by that is, <laughs> Dark faces uh, without any racial connotation uh, because of the no lighting. Uh, but you mm-hmm. can see the rest of their body and all that. But it, it's just, to me, it didn't feel special because of that reason. And I hate that. And I'll be honest with you. If you'll even watch the tape again, you'll even notice that even the referee kind of had some dark spots on him because the shadows and all that. The, you, the, the, even the, the title itself, they were showcasing the title. I'm like, man, y'all don't even have enough light on that title to make it have its full detail. So, I don't know. Just my nitpicking. No, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm really surprised they didn't have at least walk him to the ring. This is kind of supposed to be a big moment. At least let him get in there, be sort of center stage, have the title in there, do all that. And and sure, it's going to be a little longer. But, I mean, you have some, some bigger names in here, especially Mayu Watani, which I would assume most of this crowd, or at least some of them, would be familiar with. You know, that that could have been a much bigger pop for you. And instead, it's just sort of... It's also very rushed too. Um, they they sort of you know, like the girls sort of walk out and and it's very rapid fire and then here's the belt and then we're moving on, you know. So yep, another problem. I agree. Yeah, and, and and that's something that concerns you because you're thinking, man, if they're willing to debut them like this and talk about them like this, or are they really going to focus on them? So mm-hmm. we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we got uh, two matches left here. First up, the Ring of Honor six man tag team titles are up for grabs. As the Hung Bucks defend against Flip Gordon, Dragon Lee, and Teton. And uh, with all those names in there, this is basically exactly what you would expect. Fun, frantic, Young Buck type match. Lots of flippies, uh, super kicks, all that great stuff. Really, really fun match. I enjoyed myself. I thought the finish uh, was maybe a little quick, but, you know, 15 minutes in, in a crazy six-man scramble sort of thing is, is maybe just what the doctor ordered, but, uh, I mean, the Indy Taker, Meltzer Driver, Rite of Passage combo just looks phenomenal, and I, the shooting star Indy Taker on the outside is great. I, I love this six-man team, basically, is what I'm trying to tell you. Hi, and how could you not? I mean, the action involved is just really amazing. It just it blows your mind at times how athletic these guys are, and how every time you see, uh, especially the young bucks, you just really start to think to yourself, "Man, these these guys are super something special." Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I I think this was a really fun match, and I think that they gave you uh, in some really high quality. So I, I'm fairly happy with, with everything that took place. I really am, and 
You know, I, I just I, I look at Flip Gordon and I tell myself every time this guy is going to be huge. He's mm-hmm. going to be a big baby face because all, all his actions, everything he did in this match, are just right there alongside what the Young Bucks were doing. And I just felt like they really had some good things uh, in their favor when it came to this matchup for both sides. So I, 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 you got to have the Young Bucks winning. But, you know, I got to think Flip Gordon and and uh, his team really kind of deserves some props, too, for all their efforts. It certainly feels like at least the Young Bucks see the same thing you do. Uh, and it's not too hard to, to really put that together. I mean, Flip Gordon does, I think, a lot of things the Young Bucks do, obviously relying a lot more on flips and kicks and all these other things that sort of more modern wrestling is about these days. I don't have a problem with that. Uh, the, the thing is here too, that this match and specifically the, uh, the spot where everybody drop kicks each other, uh, to basically, you know, no point got a whole lot of buzz on social media, a lot of negative connotations from some people outside of wrestling, some older fans, uh, sort of picking at it saying like this, this is unnecessary. You get that same like acrobatics thing. And it certainly is on display here because that's what all six of these guys do. Um, I, I guess what I'm trying to get at here is, is this does seem like the direction I think a lot of independent wrestling is going for the most part. And then that's not to say that there aren't promotions who, who don't do this or who certainly put less of a focus on it. Um, and I, I might be asking the wrong person here too, cause I think you're probably closer to, uh, sort of where I am on this too. But do you have a problem with, with anything that was going on here? Well, back in my day in 1952, we didn't. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think really, honestly, I, I think I am more on par with you on this. I, you know, I've always been a fan of the entertainment side of this thing. Uh, I love the sport part. Trust me, the sport part's a great too, but I, I think the entertainment part's a huge factor in wrestling. And so. I have no problem with these guys going out and doing the, what they did, the performance that they put on. And sure, it wasn't like they were selling a lot. It wasn't like that they were out ground-based a lot. Uh, but I think there's a point to this. And uh, recently on uh, a podcast, I heard someone say that, you know, it, everybody kind of has their own thing. And that's what makes uh, all these guys great because everybody kind of has their own niche. And the Young Bucks, this is what they propel out. This is what, you know, Flip Gord propels at. And that's, you know, having these crazy, flippy, just nutty matches mm-hmm. uh, where selling isn't really there or it doesn't really matter all the time. So I, I think really this match, you know, let the old timers hate on it. But uh, I think it was a really solid match. I think it did what it needed to do. And, I think for the most part, all the fans were happy to see it. I, I, you know, in this day and age, I doubt very many fans are sitting back saying I hated that because it wasn't a chain wrestling match. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, to me, I think this is just sort of what indie wrestling is now is sort of pushing that boundary of, uh, and that's the whole point why it's indie. You know, uh, it's it's meant to push boundaries. It's promotions trying to find a niche and something that will get people to pay attention and take notice. And for a lot of people, like the Young Bucks. Like Will Osprey, like Ricochet, like Flip Gordon, it's worked. I mean, Osprey and Ricochet made it on the Sports Center because all their flips went viral. I mean, it's insane. So to say it doesn't have an audience or anything like that, or it's the wrong way to go about wrestling, is just silly to me. And we're going to have this conversation on a lot 
throughout our time uh, for however long the show goes, I'm sure, just talking about wrestling. And when the line maybe goes too far might be an interesting conversation, but there's there's nothing, like, outrageously bad about this match. I mean, it's, come on, people. <laughs> well, you know, I think you could compare this match to any other Young Bucks match. I mean, what's the difference? Mm-hmm. I mean, to be to be really honest, I think the difference you may see is there's not a guy as athletic as Flip Gordon on uh, some of these other matches, but mm-hmm. he was on this one. And yeah. maybe that's what people have a problem with is you don't just have the young bucks doing it. You also have the baby faces doing it. And that's a problem for them, but not for me. I think it was good. And, uh, I'm honestly, you know, without any issues with it. So, yeah. Uh, Scorpio sky is doing commentary during this match. And I use commentary loosely because he barely talks. Um, but he's there to sort of support flip Gordon, who he recently teamed up with to take on the young bucks and Adam page on ROH TV. After the match, he goes into the ring to check on him. The Addiction comes into the ring to attack the Young Bucks and Adam Page, to which he sort of jumps in on and then turns around. And the camera completely misses this, but they they miss uh, Scorpio attacking Flip as well. And he seemingly aligns with the Addiction, doing a pose with him and all this other stuff. So it looks like they might be the next up to challenge, which to me, this makes a lot of sense as far as the Addiction goes of taking on the Bullet Club, because they are obviously one of the biggest acts in Ring of Honor. If you're going to truly attack what they love, this is the way to do it. I like Sky here. It's somebody young to get a rub from all this, too. Or I shouldn't say young, new, uh, that they could push out of this. And uh, Scorpio Sky does have a connection with these guys with PWG and all that great stuff, too. So, interesting to see where all of this goes, in my opinion. Oh, no. Can you hear me? Oh, there, can, there can you, you hear me? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> I had my mute button on on accident because I was coughed. Uh, sorry about that. I forgot to put it back on. Uh, yeah, that's what happens. You don't want to cough everybody's heads off and then all of a sudden. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, what we're talking about here, it, it's really interesting. And, you know, um, oh, I'm blanking on what I'm just talking about now. Talking about coughing. What match we're talking about? Um, we're talking about Scorpio Sky lining with the Thank you, Scorpio Sky. Yeah. Yes, I'm sorry. I, I lost my train of thought. Yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of a cool deal. I think the addiction, we talked about them earlier, right? Like, they're on their own little path, and it's kind of predictable. Mm-hmm. Throwing mm-hmm. a Scorpio Sky in this, it, it actually adds a dynamic to these guys. It actually makes them a little freshened up. And I think it throws a, a, a whole new addition to what they can do now. And I'm appreciative of it. I, mm-hmm. I you know, I, I like the fact that they come out and attack. And, you know, the reason they attack is to do what? Well, what they do, they ruin everything because they're, you know, out to get payback for Ring of Honor because, you know, Christopher, you know, lost his title and all that. And, right. Um, it, it just is a really cool that they can now have someone else to it who is going to make things you know, uh, a little bit more interesting, if I can say it that way. It's not the same old hat. Right, right. And, and I, I certainly do appreciate that direction, too. And uh, like you, I think adding Scorpio is an interesting choice. And we'll see, like I said, where all this takes us as we move on down the road. However, we got one more match to talk about. ROH World Title on the line. Cody Rhodes, Cody, whatever you want to call him, defends against Dalton Castle. Uh, Dalton has a whole bunch of boys with him and a really kind of cool entrance overall, if you ask me. Cody's dyed his hair blonde. Uh, he's got the new ROH title with him, which I think looks super pretty. Uh, and we're sort of off to the races. 
I, Dalton Castle, first of all, pulls this out 12 minutes, or, or excuse me, 13 minutes or so, uh, with the bangerang. Uh, I think the crowd is about as shocked as everybody else watching in TV land here. Uh, as, so New Japan has already come out and said this doesn't change the match. It's still Cody and Kota Ibushi at the Dome, which is, you know, whatever. Dalton Castle winning the championship here is super intriguing to me. Uh, for one, it is one of the most over acts I think they sort of created from the ground up to, to ever come through Ring of Honor. And uh, they, they go all out in the post-match celebration, too. And, you know, it, it wasn't the best match ever. And I'm sure whenever you hear Cody in a match, um, maybe maybe it won't be. But uh, Dalton, as the champion, to me, feels like the right choice. Cody sort of threw the ball up in the air and sort of is going to let people try to chase what he did and he can keep on drawing outside of the title scene. But I, I think Dalton is is going to be Ring of Honor sort of superstar throughout next year, and that makes me insanely excited. You're telling me. I, yes. I'm a huge <laughs> Dalton Castle fan, so if that's the case, I will be a very happy man uh, mm-hmm. talking Ring of Honor with you. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think all of this rounds out to, to show that you know Cody's got other things going on, and he doesn't have to be the Ring of Honor champion to go and do these other things. And that's very happy uh, for the fact that you know, well, let's be honest, it, it, Cody can lose matches here and there, and it's not about oh, the Ring of Honor champion lost, right? Um, so that that that's the biggest positive thing, especially going into a show like you know Wrestle Kingdom, mm-hmm. so. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think this is the right direction. I'm really happy for Dalton Castle. I'm really, really excited. Uh, a little freaked out about the uh, blonde uh, dye uh, for Cody. Um, it was a very loud blonde. <laughs> I, I thought to myself, I thought you were trying to stay away from being gold dust, uh, but you're not. Uh, I also got a little scared that uh, Sting had came back without wearing makeup from the you know early days of Sting. Um, but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, you know, let's see where he goes, uh, with all that hair dye. Um, but in, in the end, Dalton Castle, congratulations. A, a match that was actually pretty good. I wouldn't say my favorite match, definitely not my favorite Cody match that he's done, mm-hmm. but I, I think it was a solid match. Same goes for Dalton Castle. It's not my favorite match he's ever done, but I think it was solid and I'm, I'm glad that it happened. Me too. Uh, the live crowd certainly seemed to be into it. I, I mean, everywhere I've gone on the internet also seems to be into the idea too. So, um, we just got to rate this bad boy, Gary. What you going to give it? Uh, I think overall, a really entertaining show. Uh, they they gave you a lot of ups and uh, some great moments. You know, not all the matches were you know just giant. Not all of them were just great. I think you had a lot of solid performances here. I think for me, I think overall, especially with the production value and everything, I'm going to give it a seven. I think they they put on a good show. Um, a lot of the people I wanted to win got victories, so mm-hmm. I think that's probably why I'm going to be a little biased and give it a seven. I, I think I'm right there with you. This is a very enjoyable show. There are some sort of down moments on the card here. Uh, especially in the middle. I think there's some production issues as well as me and Gary talked about throughout the show. Uh, and we really just sort of talked about the big ones. There's some minor gaffes here or there too. But uh, 
this is still really great all the way around. I think giving the Dalton the the title to Dalton was a nice surprise for everybody who assumed that Cody was basically a lock, especially with Wrestle Kingdom around the corner. I'm going seven two. This is a a very enjoyable show, well worth your three hours if you want to give it to it. Oh, definitely. So make sure you go check it out if you haven't already. Uh, we appreciate you, you know, hearing our opinion about it. But you know, sometimes you got to see things for yourself. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. take take the time to go do that. Uh, but yeah, well, that rounds out Ring of Honor Final Battle. Uh, but now we are going to talk about who we're going to crown as Superstar of the Week. So we'll be right back with that next. Superstar of the Week. Go for it, Gary. All right, guys. Well, we are going to give a point this week to Silas Young. Yeah, Silas captures the TV title, uh, which maybe is the best thing to come out of that match because the action may not have been worth much, but Silas getting a championship in a a spotlight and Ring of Honor going forward means great things are ahead. Uh, Definitely, and once again, I mean, this is a guy that I love to death, so it it was going to be hard not to give him a point. Uh, We're going to give two points over to the Young Bucks. Yeah, uh, the Young Bucks not only have uh, a really fun six-man tag team title match on the pay-per-view final battle, but this week on ROH TV, them and Kenny Omega and the best friends put on one heck of a match that I would absolutely recommend you guys go out. Uh, And the common denominator and all that is the Young Bucks, so they get two points. For sure. Three points are going to go to Dalton Castle. A, a, A good match with Cody. Uh, maybe not a stellar one that you would really want to sort of kick off a new title reign and maybe a change in direction for Ring of Honor and all that, but uh, this is certainly a landmark win for Dalton Castle and somebody who I eagerly look forward to watching uh, try to capture the imagination of everybody tuning in as the champ next year. Uh, For sure. Uh, This is such a big deal, so (laughs) I'm really, really happy for him. If it was a slower week in wrestling, he'd probably get to five, but uh, this week, I mean, we've got some great guys, so it's hard. Uh, We're going to give four points over to AJ Styles. AJ Styles successfully defends the WWE World title at Clash of the Champions. Uh, I think having a pretty good match with Ginger since I've managed to watch Clash in between then. Uh, proving once again why he, you know, basically is one of the best wrestlers in the world right now. Plus, fun match over on SmackDown in that main event in the six-man tag as well. Yeah, for sure. Five points are given to our superstar of the week, Pete Dunne. I I, uh, I I don't know if I have any more fresh things to say about Pete Dunne. The, the dude is just awesome. I, my opinion, one of the top five best workers in the world right now. Dude is can't miss. Him and Tyler Bate put on one hell of a trilogy this year. Go watch their match on NXT this week. You will not regret it one bit. Not at all. And you know how I all the time, every time I talk about the Young Bucks, I always say they're money. Mm-hmm. Guess what? So was Pete Dunn. So was Pete Dunn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, just uh, And him and Tyler Bate. I'm not leaving Tyler Bate out of that discussion because he is too. 
Um, uh, you know, th- those two guys just did a wonderful job. I mean, a really entertaining. Uh, the skills that they have are just it showcases in every single match that they have together. But I'll I just say this. P. Dunn is one of my favorites, and I think he has everything that he needs to be a big deal. And I, I think he kind of already is in a way, uh, but he can be even a bigger deal mm-hmm. if he wants to. So, congratulations to Pete Dunn. I'm really, really happy for him, and five points are well-deserved this week for him. So, well, there you go. That is our Superstar of the Week, and that is our show for the week. Wow. Uh, we got through this one pretty, it uh, seems like, quick, because we've had a lot of fun, but no, it's not. Uh, but <laughs> we really, uh, I, I know, sometimes I just have so much fun on the show. I'm like, oh, that was 10 minutes, and then look at the deal, and it's like, oh, an hour 30. Oh, yeah. God, sorry. <laughs> oh, boy. Sorry, fans. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, no, this has been a lot, a lot of fun. And uh, we hope that you guys all have enjoyed it. We want you guys to to know uh, if you want to come find all our other great content, go check out W2Mnet.com. It's the place where you go find all our great wrestling podcasts and all the other podcasts that we have to offer over there, like sports. We also have video games, along with some great stuff when it comes to entertainment. So you don't want to miss a minute of the action. Go to W2Mnet.com now. Also, go subscribe, rate, and review over at Wrestling of the Max or the W2M Network. Whatever one you choose, just make sure you hit that five-star rating. Make sure you leave a comment, and don't forget to subscribe, because if you do, you'll have to search for us again and keep doing it and keep searching. And at least now, when you subscribe, you'll get it all in one one place and you'll never have to go search us out again you'll have everything you want right there uh and we want to make sure we give some love to formalmania.com and last word on prowrestling.com both have great content when it comes to the world of wrestling don't miss a minute of the action over there as well and yeah that pretty much rounds out everything that we have to offer right now uh of course like i said don't forget wtm.com has some big things sean uh, you just did a video games podcast that had to do with a lot of the big games this year, and I know fans of video games will love to go check that one out. Yeah, we just uh, decided the top 25 games for the site uh, between four different people. Uh, that That's just a segment of the staff, but uh, that'll get flushed out in separate articles that we're going to do, uh, highlighting the games and everything, just... It's kind of fun just to be able to debate and discuss that on the podcast and have that there for them to listen to. And then you can go on the site and see it in a more formal manner. And it looks pretty uh, with the pictures and all, and all that stuff. So, uh, Plus, you know, not, not everything is the same. Like, you don't have people that – there's that podcast has been around long before the site was, so – you know, you got different people listening that, that may visit and, and all that, too. Good chance for cross-promotion there. Uh, for sure. So that's just a tidbit uh, of everything we have to offer at WTMnet.com. I'm just to, wanted to make Plus sure we you, plug uh, that real quick. If you want to get angry about some Star Wars, we do have a, uh audio Star Wars review from the, the Radless guys. They did, a like, three hours talking about uh, the movie and everything else. So, you know. Whether you loved it like uh, I did or you hated it like a lot of people did, uh, you know, you can voice your opinion in there. <laughs> uh, yeah. Comment either on the side or YouTube or wherever. For sure. Uh, yeah, once again, I mean, uh, that's great content to go check out. And, you know, it's one of those ones that I, 
I want to go listen to it now to go find out what people are thinking. So, yeah, man, it's been fun. We hope you guys all have a great holiday. Have a merry, merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Enjoy your entire family or friends or whoever you're spending the holidays with. Just enjoy every minute. Keep yourself safe. Please, you know, don't go out drinking and driving. Don't go texting and driving trying to find out where, you know, now Sears is or whatever still around Macy's. Uh, make sure you know. <laughs> you, 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 make sure you keep your eyes on the road so everybody gets to enjoy their uh, holiday and don't kill anyone in the process. And I'll try to do the same because uh, trust me, I still got two days of work to go, and it could happen. Uh, so anyway, we appreciate you guys. We will catch you guys next week. So for some big shows coming, we will technically be coming to you guys Christmas night. Most of you will get the show though on Tuesday morning. Uh, and of course we'll do some of those great things. Like I talked about, we'll be doing some stuff when it comes to, you know, new year's resolutions. We'll be talking about that stuff. We'll also be getting in some other things next week that you're going to want to hear. So man, Make sure you come check out episode 229 or 279. I'm going back in time. 279 <laughs> next week. Really looking forward to that and some big stuff coming your way and the raw review and all that will be out too. So don't miss a minute of the action. Thank you for joining us and have a merry, merry Christmas. The previous podcast has been an original W2Mnet.com production. For more great content like this, go to W2Mnet.com for the worlds of wrestling, video games, entertainment, and sports. From our family to yours, happy holidays and a Merry Christmas.